If we want to see revival in our nation, then we need to get on our knees. We need to get on our knees and pray. And we need to lead with love. So I know that a lot of people are going to say, Janine, you're being completely naive about this. Like love is not going to be the thing that's going to change the face of things or change the course of things. And I'm going to say, yes, it is. Yes, it is. If we believe that it is. If we believe that we can turn this country around, we can turn our churches around, we can turn our families around, we can turn education around, we can turn arts around, we can thrive if we will bring the love back into humanity. If we will lead with love, if we will serve with love, if we will truly care about the people and the places that we are called to lead, and we lead from that place, do you think that people are not going to feel that? Do you think that people are not going to sense that? They are going to sense it. So it's a matter of believing yourself. Put your belief where it will matter. The Lord says that the greatest gift that we have is love, and that He in fact, is love. If we are Bible-believing Christians, if we are following the mandate of Jesus to make disciples of all nations, then we have to believe that He led, He came here, and He died and rose again for love's sake. Because He is our intercessor. He is the one that made the way, that put all the powers at be, spiritual and otherwise, to open shame. So can we just for a moment consider that maybe love really is the answer? Maybe if we will lead with love, if we will walk with love, if we will choose our decisions based on love, if we will be willing to say what others won't say, But what needs to be said, maybe that can turn things around. Maybe this is what it's going to take to heal our nation and every other nation in this world if the people will put their power in something that's bigger than themselves and bigger than the challenges that we are facing on every systemic level. There are movements that are happening all over the place And I am an advocate for movements, but I am an advocate for movements that actually matter. Ones that are based on love and peace, not ones that are based on terror, not ones that are based on hate, not ones that are based on someone being better than someone else, but based on what our own Declaration of Independence says, that men are created equal Now, granted, has our country upheld that? I'm not even going to go into that argument. But we, as individuals and as leaders and as leaders of movements, as a movement leader coach, this is my passion. I am convinced no one is going to change my mind that the way we're going to turn things around is when we start to lead from a place of love. When we start to actually be the hands and feet of Jesus, when we are willing to look to God, 
just like Jesus did, who said, I do what I see my father do. Okay, we need to say, Lord, what are you doing here? Ask him. Ask him what we should be doing. Ask him what we should be saying. You know, I listened to Malvina Laudusina last night. She spoke at the Kingdom Equipping Center. And I just loved, you know, if you had been there, you would have seen it. Where she, she said, you got to get your nose right up there against God's nose. To ask him, what is God saying? Put your wigs on, as she says. And I love that. What is God saying? And stop backbiting, stop gossiping, stop hating, stop tearing each other down. Look, we have families, we have churches, we have brothers and sisters, we have friends, we have people that disagree with us. And we have to stop hating just because we don't agree. This is the only way we win by doing that. So as I have been watching the tragedies, and it's just like, it's getting so volatile. Our world is getting so volatile, so busy, so distracted. And, you know, it's really such a smokescreen. I'm so sorry to say for those of you who think what you're seeing is what you're getting and that what you're seeing is actually what's happening. It's not. It's a smokescreen. And that's something we need God to reveal to us. Like, it's a smoke screen. Do the best you can, but let him lead the way. So as I was praying and just, you know, trying to figure out, God, what's next for me? You know, I've been out here for two years, working with leaders, raising up leaders, helping them to just get the character they need to carry their mandates. And for me too, it's no different for me. I'm telling you, I have bad days and good days. I have days where I want to throw in the towel and say, forget it. Like we are up against too much. We can't do this. I can't do this. I'm not capable of doing this. I'm not capable of having the world hate me and judge me and misjudge me. And all the things that come along with being someone who is a leader who is going to make a difference. But if I don't do it, My family won't do it. My daughters won't become the kind of leaders I need for them to be. And I know they're called to be, more importantly, that they're born into this world to be great leaders. The women that I lead, that I have mentored, that I have trained, that I have loved, done life with, I know I have got to set the example. So when the Lord told Sandy Padilla and I to go to Washington, D.C. almost a month ago, out of nowhere, It was such a divine appointment. He said to go and to document the revival of the nation. Well, guess what? If he's telling us to go document the revival of the nation, that means there's going to be a revival. Now, some of you go, who do you think you are? Like, you're some crazy chick. You don't know who I am? It's okay with me. I'm just going to say this. If my God tells me that, I believe it. I'm putting my faith in my God. I'm putting my faith in the promises of my God that he has made to me. And he says to go and document the revival of the nation, the rise of the brave church, and the beginning of the truth-teller revolution. And that's what we're doing. So just in the last week, he has put it on my heart to start this 40-day challenge, which is starting today, and that's why I'm doing this podcast. And it's a 40-day challenge to share radical love. 
And what does that look like? It's going to look different for every person. So I can't like give you this exact strategy and roadmap. But what I can tell you as a seer and someone who has a gift that um, has, you know, been a lifetime, almost 49 years of seeing world events and seeing things happening and seeing my future before it's happened and seeing other people's future before it happened and those kinds of things. I have learned at this point how to test my gifts and how to trust God. So to revive the nation, these are the four symbols that God gave me. He showed me his feet with sandals. That was number one. Number two was a megaphone, which tells me it's time to get louder. In fact, I heard him say that as well as seeing. I saw it and I heard him say, it's time to get louder. Number three is the oil lamp. That was the third symbol that he gave me. It's a lit lamp. We do not want our oil going out. We need the oil of God so that we can see and we can make it to the wedding. Okay? We don't want our light going out. We need the anointing to lead the charge for how do we love radically in a world where we are hated at times, where we are misunderstood at times, where we are hurt, we are persecuted at times. And that goes for all of us. I am not putting one category of people over another. We are all dealing with this. Historically, we have all dealt with it. We have to stop thinking that my group is the only one that has suffered. We have all suffered. We're all human beings. So the 40-day challenge to share radical love is starting today. I'm starting today. And I'm saying, I love you. Whoever is listening, I can say I have been trained by the Holy Spirit and through crazy pain and suffering and wrongdoing and abuse, I have learned how to love and love my enemies. And that's not easy to do. Do I like it? No. Do I become afraid sometimes of what people are going to say about me? Absolutely. Does it absolutely break my heart to no end that Christians are hating Christians? Like you cannot even imagine the pain I feel. But you know, when you ask God to break your heart for something so that you know how you can actually have a brave and meaningful life, he'll do it. So you just better mean it. That I am just wired that way. I'm built that way. I cannot do this life and do it in a mediocre way. It requires being brave. It requires saying, God, I didn't suffer and go through what I went through all my life and be abused by men and raped by men and everything else that I've suffered in my life so that you can do nothing with me or do nothing with my story or do nothing with my tenacity or do nothing with the fact that I had to learn what it meant to be brave, to be courageous, to absolutely trust in God when it was a life and death situation. I have been there 
and many of you have as well. So we need to put our trust where it belongs. We need to put our focus and our attention where it belongs. And it belongs in a place of love, asking God to cause me to be a walking symbol of what it means to love people and to try on what it means to believe that a Christian can love a gay person and a Jew can love a Muslim and a man can really love a woman and not only abuse her. That is something that our culture is afraid of. We don't want to believe that it's possible that we can love each other like that. But it is possible. It is absolutely possible. There are so many of us that have seen it, that we walk it and we talk it and we believe it. That is a life worth living. That's what I'm up to. This 40-day challenge is a time where I know that those who participate, there's going to be transformation for you. Is it going to be an easy journey? I don't think so. I'm just being real honest. I don't think so. I think if you take this challenge on with the spirit that I believe that God wants us to, radical, radical love. What does it take to have radical love? If somebody spits on me or calls me a devil worshiper, which by the way happened while I was praying for someone in Washington, D.C., can I be silent? Can I ignore the hate? Yes, I can. I speak when my God says to speak, but I will not walk in hate. There is nothing in my Bible that tells me that I can do that. We have to separate humanity from morality when it comes to being believing Christians. We have to love and turn the other cheek, and that's what it's about. So I just want to encourage all of you. I ask you to go into your prayer closet and ask God, should I be part of this? What is possible if we will walk in love? If we will push through, even though some of us have been pushing through for a lot of years, believing in our mandates, waiting for them to actually come to pass. So many of us have been saying, we're almost there. We're almost there. We're so close. And it's true. It's true. We are. We can't give up now. We have to keep believing. Bless you all. I love you all. Just spread love. Just spread love.